Revolutionary Talk for Revolutionary Times. Liberty Talk FM. It's a marvelous night for a moon dance With the stars up above in your eyes A fantabulous night to make romance Need the cover of October skies You know the leaves on the trees are falling To the sound of the breezes that blow You know I'm trying to please to the calling Of your heart strength that plays soft and low You know the night What's up? What's up, everybody? Welcome aboard to the Bubba Show. Todd Bubba Horowitz with you. What's going on, everybody? Well, a little bit of an ugly overnight trade once again. Uh, we, we've got the, the continuation and the talk of all the uh, the trade war stuff and what's going on here and what's going on there. In the meantime, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a whole bunch of nothing. Uh, again, the market's are looking for a reason to sell off, but they have not been able to find any particular reason to do so. Uh, there's the volatility has been, has been lacking. And again, I think that's one of the key things that we always need to keep in mind is without volatility, without the VIX participating, there is not going to be a big sell-off. There is no indication of fear. This looks more like some potential early profit taking in the market. This looks like people are trying to square up. Uh, but from a panic standpoint, we don't have any. I mean, oh, j- just look at the at the fear assets. Okay, now the fear assets would be considered to be uh, uh, gold. So gold, since this whole thing has started, has gotten hammered. Okay, gold was looked like it was making a move back to the upside. Okay, it looked like it was starting to break out towards the top after making those lows at the twelve eighty one, and then of course on Friday we were down about thirty. On Monday we we're relatively unchanged, and Tuesday we we're down into into what would be considered some fear, right? You would think that there'd be a little bit of concern, but of course it's not. So that shows you that fear asset has not even thinking about participating in this move, that we're not even concerned about what's going on here. And that should be something that you look at. Again, does it mean we're not going to go down? No, it doesn't mean that. What it does mean is that this is not, yet going to be the big meltdown. This is not yet going to be the tremendous sell-off that we all know is coming at some point. So if you tie that into, and then you look at, you know, even even the treasury bonds, even though they are higher, okay, and even though rates are coming down, and the, but the yield curve is inverting, okay, not quite yet, but it's flattening, with twos at uh, about two five five and, and tens at two nine zero, you know that's a concern. But we're not getting, you know, if if there was real panic here, the bonds would be up dramatically, and they're not. They're just actually bouncing into uh, a level of resistance 
and and giving us you know a, a re, another opportunity to sell them. So and then you you look at some of the other, again the other classes and they're just saying to you that this is not a major ordeal, nor are the markets overly concerned here with the action, which and of course we know the markets are the investors and 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 the traders around it. So again, as I have said, and I will continue to beat the drum. I think that the trade war is is more a media-driven event. Uh, I don't think it, it's going to be all that big a deal. And if you saw the that Trump is going to put tariffs on two hundred billion dollars, which we only do about a uh, about a hundred and some billion, so they've he's overtasked what 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 they can do. Okay, uh, because they're they can't put as many tariffs on what we have. But the point is is that China needs us more than we need China. China is going to have to come to the table here because not only are they uh, hold, hold the weaker hand here, uh, they also uh, hold our debt. So when you look at it, and again, I'm not saying that it's going to be perfect, um, I'm not saying that it's going to be, um, uh, you know, resolved in a day. Um, but I do say that, you know, they're, 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 they're going to have to be uh, more accepting. And, and, and I think that this is the right thing to be, to be done here uh, because I think it's time that we quit being the charitable, the charity to the world. Um, I, you know, I, I think that these little deals that we have been uh, playing around with uh, should be resolved and that we do need to be, uh, you know, resume our, our spot back in the top. Because, uh, again, between the intellectual properties that, that China takes from us and everything else that is going on, right, this is for the United States, the best thing that we can do for now. Okay. Again, it, 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 can, it could be slightly unpleasant. It could be a little bit uncomfortable for a little while, but I think in the, in the bigger picture, in the bigger scheme of things, it's going to be the best thing that we can possibly imagine because it, it's, it's, it should clean up a lot of trash. And hopefully it will clean up that, you know, lousy NAFTA deal as well. And I understand, you know, listen, if you're benefiting from NAFTA, you're not thinking it's a lousy deal. But in general, it's a lousy deal. And I've had some dealings with it myself. So I do understand it. Uh, and I can tell you what a pain it was and how many troubles it was with trying to ship goods to uh, Mexico and Canada. And I think that, you know, we, we need to set this up now. And I, I would hope at some point we will just get to a free trading environment. That is obviously the goal here is to get rid of the tariffs. Now, again, could it be a little bit of a tax initially on, on Americans? It could be. But if the economy is as good as they say it is and everything's going as well as it should be, then the tax should not be all that big a deal. But again, I don't think it, I don't really think it's going to be a tax. I, I, I think we have more to worry about 
with the oil companies, <laughs> you know, and the way that they move up and down prices based on the artificial pricing of crude oil, which we'll talk about later. But I, I think the actual tariffs and trade wars, again, this would a true uh, trade war would cripple China. It would not cripple us. We buy over $500 billion from them uh, in, in goods. So, again, I would say to you that it would be much worse for them than it is for us. And I think this will benefit our farmers, our producers, and everything else that we do in this country. And again, that's my opinion. I don't have to be right, but I believe that I am. And I believe that, that if we do this, play this hand correctly and don't give in, it'll be great for our prosperity in the future. And I think that's what we have to be concerned about. This is The Bubba Show. I am Todd Bubba Horowitz. And of course, I remind you to download the show every day at libertytalk.fm. You can also get the Sporting Edge and Crypto Investor Extra as well. And of course, we have our high school program, which we're coming into another year. And of course, I have funded it myself for the last nine years. Recently, we've gone to Patreon to see if any of you'd like to step up and help us a little bit. And if you would, please go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Bubba Trading and help us continue to educate the youth of America so that hopefully we can get to a point where we don't have to deal with the crap we're dealing with today. This is The Bubba Show, and I am Top Horowitz. We're going to step out here for a break, and we'll be back with more of The Bubba Show after the break. Todd Bubba Horowitz, The Bubba Show, coming right back to you. Welcome back to The Bubba Show. Todd Bubba Horowitz, as we talk about trade wars and tariffs and, oh my, is it trade wars, tariffs, and talks, oh my, where's the Wizard of Oz when we need him? Or her. So, obviously, we can see the tremendous amount of pressure that is being placed on our agricultural goods, farming, uh, grains, livestock. But livestock actually has performed pretty well. Uh, but, we, of course, we've seen some dramatic pressure on the grains. Uh, now, if we look at the grains for what they are, which are a soft commodity, and they are consumable, a consumable commodity, uh, there is going to be a need. Remember, if, if, if the classes of people are going to continue to move towards the middle class from some of the third world nations, okay, and if this is going to be the case, then there's going to be a demand for food. So uh, I think that, you know, you can believe that we're, we're gonna, they're not going to buy our goods, but they're going to have to buy our goods, whether it be from through us directly or through um, or, or, or through another nation, okay? But they're going to be buying our goods, okay? Again, you know, we have to remember that there's weather involved. There's a whole bunch of things involved and, and, and only so many acres that are planted. So there's going to be a demand at some point. Now, again, when there's no demand, there's no demand. It doesn't really matter, okay? When, when we have the bumper crops and whatever. But... Of course, we know that is not a regular occurrence. So I, I do think you're going to see overall, uh, you know, that we're going to be able to sell our goods just fine. Uh, and again, I believe that when we reduce some of this stuff and become more free traders, it then changes the dynamics for everybody. Okay. And, and it makes it better. So in my eyes, it's a better thing in the long run. Again, in the short run, 
anything can happen. But, you know, we're not, you know, we're, we're still, believe it or not, at higher prices than we were before all this started, although it has been obviously, and, and making no excuse, it has been extremely ugly. And I have certainly been wrong about, um, uh, 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 certainly been wrong about, uh, you know, that the grain are going to go straight up. But I do think that they are going higher, and I still like the, uh, the original levels that I just talked about you know, back a little bit of a while ago. Uh, it just may take longer to get there. Now, I think that it's a, I think that it's, it, it becomes an overall issue. Uh, but again, you know, this is, the, this is the opposite of a run up. This is a throw the baby out with the bathwater, you know, just pound them, pound them, pound them. And of course, you know, we thought originally this was a shake out of the week longs, and I think it is. And, you know, volumes have been light, so it's been easier to manipulate and push them around a little bit. So I think what you will be seeing is a, a, a little bit of a turn. Uh, and, and the markets will not announce themselves, but I, I, I would tell you this. I'm, I'll bet you that the, the big houses are, are, are definitely buying in here. Okay. And, and they're not, you know, they're not just going to walk in and buy it all. They're going to be most likely. Uh, scaled buyers, and and I think that you'll see uh, some scaling in here, and 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 certainly uh, that gives us the the information that we'd want to know, knowing that there's going to be buyers in here, and of course we're buyers here uh, as we were scaling in and and, and buying grains, uh, and as we went through this with the, with the the livestock markets, so you know it, it's the key is. Is, is being patient enough to find a level that you want to get in and not over buying to allow yourself an opportunity to take some heat if it doesn't go your way immediately. Those are things that we always have to be reminded of is that we know that the markets are not necessarily going to go our way immediately. But if we if we put ourselves in the best position for success and start to nibble, okay, and 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 you know this is where you know as long as you're hedged to the downside, you could actually start nibbling by buying some calls and doing some other things that can put you in somewhat of a slightly long position because that is the I believe to be the right side. When you look at the overall makeup of what's going on, and I think this is something that you know again is 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 important to understand as uh, as a trader, investor, farmer, hedger, whatever. Okay, we want to be able to be able to stay in the game, so it's not our objective to overdo. And say, okay, well, this is it. This is the bottom. Our job is to start to try to locate some relatively good entries and try to build a position from here. But, you know, again, you've continued to see strength in some of the equities. And, of course, the Russell being the biggest one that continues to uh, fly in the face of adversity and has not been overly pounded. Uh, under any tragedies 
In fact, it continues to make new highs. So are we going to believe that the Russell is wrong and we're right? And I think I think the Russell is, is right. That it's not that big a deal. But I do believe that this is also showing us the potential nearing the end of the equity rally. Okay. And again, we're not predicting the top here. We are we are neutral, the equities, and observing, looking for a spot. Now, certainly, as you know, we thought that the 2740 in the S&P future was a buy spot and the low overnight was 2735. Okay. So it has rallied substantially from that level. And again, all we're trying to do now is to find some reasonable levels to enter, to build a position that will allow us to be in these markets and allow us to do what we need to do to participate without putting ourselves in jeopardy or without putting ourselves in, in front of a train, knowing that, of course, there could be some more possible room to the downside. But all that being said, I think that this the, the trade war talk is more, again, as I said, is a more of a news event. It's not to me. It's not if you you know, if anybody has anything different, I, I'd love to hear from you. Send me an email at bub at bubbatrading.com. But I think that this is, again, this is more of an event for the lobbyists, more of an event for the politicians, and more of an event for the news than actual facts of what is going to happen here in these markets. And I, I think that is something that is we should be more cognizant of, is that it's, it shouldn't be a major worry here, because I think economically, or economically, it will work out better in the long run when this is all said and done. And I think it will create more production and more sales and so on and so forth. And I think that is something that we always need to be aware of because if there is an issue, well, then the issue has already been now pretty much priced into the market. I mean, by the way the markets are trading, it appears to me, that they've already priced in the worst of it, okay? So, I mean, if you look at some of the prices and where we are, you would have to think that they might have already priced in the worst of what's going to happen. So I think that you have to just be patient, pick your spots, and wait for your opportunity, and then we'll find a spot to enter these markets. We'll find a spot to be able to play. And I think that's what we're looking for. So we are looking to actually start nibbling a little bit more on some grains on these prices. But in the meantime, this is The Bubba Show, and I am Todd Bubba Horwitz. And, of course, I want to remind you to download The Bubba Show every single day at libertytalk.fm. And also to remind you to get my daily update. You know, every day after the close, I do an update of what I think and what I see in the markets and what I'm looking for. And that's available to you for free. All you have to do is go to bubbatrading.com, fill out the little form, and if you, if you get it there, uh, you can get a video every day after the close with my thoughts and what I saw. And it's free. No credit card. Just fill out the form. And this is The Bubba Show. Todd Bubba Horowitz. We're going to stop out here for a break. And we'll be back with more of The Bubba Show after the break. Todd Bubba Horowitz, The Bubba Show, coming right back. What's up, everybody? Bubba here. It's finally here. The long-awaited Bubba Report. 
bringing you news from all the trading floors across the globe. We've got Scott Chalady, the cow guy, as seen on CNBC, Fox, and Bloomberg. We've got Keith Bliss, CNBC, Fox, and a floor trader at the New York Stock Exchange. We've got The Badger, who writes the hot topics in the political news. We've got myself putting together my own unique indexes that will help you give you a better idea of what's going on in the market. All you need to do to get a hold of the Bubba Report is go to thebubbashow.org and sign up for the newsletter, or you can email me direct at bubba at thebubbashow.org. We want you to have this report because we've got over 150 years of experience talking about markets, getting ready for the trading, and puts you in the best position to have successful. So email me at bubba at thebubbashow.org to get a copy of your report or go right to the website, thebubbashow.org. Make sure you get it. It's a must-have for every investor and trader. The Bubba Report. Welcome back to the Bubba Show. Todd Bubba Horowitz with you on this glorious Tuesday. And, you know, I don't know. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of Tesla car. Not a big fan of the company. But I have to ask, I have to wonder, why is it okay for Elon Musk to create a short squeeze in his stock when that would be, you know, it's not inside information because he said it out publicly, but, but why is that allowed? I mean, he is the CEO. He does know if there's anything going on that would create this squeeze. So did he create the squeeze on purpose? Is this way, is this his way of, of punishing the people that are negative against his company? You know, I, I often wonder, okay, how we can let these things just simply pass by. This is not the first time that he's done this. Now, I may be wrong. Again, I don't ever profess to be right on everything. I just, uh, to me, I wonder, is where, what's the legality of that? Uh, you know, I mean, registered representatives can't say anything, okay, basically. You know, when you see somebody on, on, on air or you hear somebody who's a registered rep, they can't say anything. Well, how can a CEO say something that creates that type of, uh, of action in the stock other than having to do with the numbers? I mean, this is like, basically, I'm warning the shorts, you better get out. Well, of course, he, it worked. Now, was he selling some stock on the sidelines? Did he... Did he warn somebody he was going to do that and, and have somebody buy a lot? I mean, again, I'm not accusing. I'm just wondering. I, I mean, you know, this is a, you know, one of the problems I find in the entire industry and in the business is if we're so worried about image and being squeaky clean and, and doing the right thing, is, this, is it the right thing to have the CEO come out and, and drive a stock? I mean, I always wondered the same thing when, uh, you know, when, when, this, when the whole tweeting and social media world opened up, I always went to the same thing when Carl Icahn would tweet something after he had already bought in something, okay? So, you know, I, I think we've gone a little bit too far in some of these things because certainly we all know that the markets are like a, a cattle, okay? And that anything goes and anything can happen based on a tweet or whatever. So my concern is is very simple. Okay, this is a way of manipulating prices and markets. I mean, everybody complains about the the, the speedy traders, the high frequency traders, but 
I mean, if I have the power of a Carl Icahn, for example, and I go out and I go in and buy a million shares of Apple, and then I tweet it out, well, what do you think is going to happen? I'm immediately going to lock in a profit. So I, I'm almost, and again, this is not against the law, obviously, but I'm racing the tape because I'm getting in ahead of time and then creating a tweet storm on what I'm doing. So I have to wonder, you know, when, when a guy like Elon Musk comes out and his company was certainly struggling and, and, and all of a sudden we've had a, a pretty major rally and you top that up with a, a big squeeze of the shorts. So to me, I'm asking anybody, do you think that that is, that is right? I mean, is that any different than pumping and dumping something? Um, you know, certainly from any standpoint, I, I mean, I don't think Tesla doesn't make money. Number one, number two, I think they're extremely overvalued, but from any standpoint, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense. And, and certainly now. So wh why is that legit? Why aren't the regulators there? Okay. Instead of, you know, worrying about some little firm. Okay. I mean, this can do more to, to damage and torture investors. And again, it goes the same with, with Carl Icahn and his tweets and others who do that. I mean, that is not a, a, a true fair and equal market when, you know, somebody could, you know, he could have known. And again, I'm not accusing anybody, but let's just suppose that, you know, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the chief operator. I'm, I'm the CEO of a big company. We'll leave it nameless. But I know that there's a, a big short position in my company. Uh, and I, I know that if I say a few words, I can possibly reverse that company and have it go in the other direction. So I can just, you know, tell a couple of my friends and say, hey, by the way, you know, look for my stock to go to the moon. Okay. And, of course, then, you know, once they're all prepared and loaded up, okay, then I can make this announcement and make the, the shorts very uncomfortable. Okay. So, you know, is that any different than, than the CEO of M-Clone telling Martha Stewart that, he should get, that she should get out of his stock? Okay. I mean, is again, I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just asking, is that any different? All right. And, and I think we've, we've become, you know, far too much, uh, too much allowance for, for some things and not enough allowance for other things. And this goes back just to the whole regulatory body and regulatory views of what we do because, Again, at the end of the day, uh, these are not free markets. These are trading based off of some data. And, you know, I don't think it, it's, I personally don't think it's right. Okay. Now, again, we had, you know, back in the day before all this internet, we'd get some information. It wasn't always right. But, you know, there was a lot of the rumor mills. But now they just blast it out. And, of course, you can reach millions of people with one tweet or with one sentence. And, you know, I, I got to wonder, you know, when everybody's so worried about the AT&T merger and the, the monopoly in Google and the monopoly in Amazon and all these other things, yet here we are letting this other stuff pass by. And I just got to wonder, does it make sense and is it right? And I don't know the answer, but certainly, uh, you know, obviously I wish I, didn't, I wish I was a good friend with some, one of those CEOs and they could tell me that what they're going to do. I could capitalize on it. But, but again, you know, that, that to me is always something that I find a little bit strange and a little bit weird that we do allow that to happen. Uh, 
Uh, and it, it, it's not, you know, again, you, you can't create something. And, and, and of course, what happens if, you know, now, you know, my company that I, my, my imaginary company, uh, I pump up the stock, you know, get out, get my friends get out, make a lot of money. And, and then, of course, then what I, what I kind of in, in, animated might happen, now it doesn't happen. So now the stock collapses. So is that a free market? Okay. Now, again, I know as an investor, you have to weigh out the possibilities. But, of course, when the stock has an, an enormous short float, okay, it does create these pain, very painful squeezes. Okay. So, again, I just, just a thought, you know, again, I, I, I may be barking up the wrong tree, uh, but, you know, these things always concern me, and I'm not on the wrong side of it. So, again, it's, I, there's no bitterness here on my part. I have been on the wrong side of some of these. I've been on the right side of some of them. So this isn't better. This is just more like, where's the equal and fair play? Uh, you know, I always wonder about that, and, of course, uh, you know, that just takes us into, you know, the, the actual business and, and what is real and what is not real. And I think that's something that needs to be determined. And I think that, you know, w- there's so many things that, that, that regulators worry about. Okay. And in my opinion, most of them are worthless. Okay. Uh, but I think everything should be done based on a formula, not based on I decide that I want to go after you because as we've noticed, and as I have noted here, the typical target for the regulatory bodies is the little guy because the little guy can't fight. And I think that, to me, again, makes it a bigger problem. That's, that's why these banks, that's why the small banks are disappearing because they cannot afford to fight and, and be there. And, and again, that, to me, just shows another issue in, in, in the system and so I'm not worried about what I, what I'm worried about is I'm worried about make the whole market system. This kind of ties in with our talk on the tariffs and trade wars as well, but make everything equal and fair. And if a, if a company outgrows everybody else, then they, and they're better then that's fine. Let them do their thing, but to, to regulate it and, and try to help them along to me is, is not fair to me. That's not right. To me, that has the stench of things all over it that I don't think should be part of of the uh, investing trading world. Uh, and, and I think that's, again, that goes back to we're starting to hear some murmurs of, you know, some of the bigger banks don't have enough in reserve again. And we're starting to hear the talks of, you know, uh, a little bit of a bubblish talk. And, you know, all these little things that we all like to forget about all the time. Uh, until they become a problem. And I think that's one of the things is, is you know, let's not wait for them to become a problem. Let's ad- address the problems head up. Let's handle the problems. And, of course, the first problem to handle is to let the markets be free. And that is the biggest concern that we have, is that the markets are still being manipulated by the Federal Reserve, in the most part, which makes them not necessarily free yet. This is... The Bubba Show, and I am Todd Bubba Horowitz, and of course, always great to be here with you. Uh, I want to remind you about our high school investing program, highschoolinvesting.com. Certainly, if you would like to help us out, you can go to Patreon, p a t r e o n dot com forward slash Bubba Trading, uh, and, and give us a helping hand. And of course, also don't forget to download the Bubba Show each and every day at libertytalk.fm 
That's The Bubba Show, The Sporting Edge, and Crypto Investor X. You can download those each and every day. In the meantime, we're going to stop out here for a break. We'll be back with more of The Bubba Show after the break. Todd Bubba Horowitz, The Bubba Show. We are coming right back to you. The Bubba Show. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. It's The Bubba Show. Todd Bubba Horowitz and, you know... Last week, of course, we had the Fed, we had the ECB, and we still got those guys involved. And uh, I always wonder, and, and you know, I, I hear uh, Dudley, uh, Chairman Dudley, New York, saying um, that, um, you know, that we, need a, we have a need for higher interest rates. And I go, why didn't we vote that way? Why aren't we at higher interest rates? You know, why are we... Uh, 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 letting the thing uh, uh, do, let the free markets trade. Why are we continuing to try to manipulate the economy? And and, and I, I just wonder, you know, would you ever wonder if they have any idea of what they're doing? Do you ever wonder what is behind anything that they possibly say or do? I mean, again, I look at it and I go. Okay, we do need higher interest rates, but yet they're going to let the we're going they're going to let the yield curve invert. Okay, the banks want higher interest rates. the The markets can handle it just based on the peer to peer lending model. So what are we waiting for? And you know, you hear that kind of talk, and we know that there's a recession coming. Okay, just under forget about the the lack of ability, the lack of the way that the Fed does anything. Okay, as you know, I'm not a fan. But if you take any of that away under just sheer numbers, sheer markets, there is a recession around the corner. Okay, now again, what corner? I don't know yet. I mean, we don't know when it's going to be. Again, I'm still a believer that a lot of the markets have never come out of recession, but besides that point. So what are they what are they waiting for if the economy is growing but yet Europe is maintaining negative rates. So I wonder I wonder you know what what's the model behind all this? I wonder what's the issue behind all this. And and, and I, I I just can't quite get a grip on it uh knowing what I know what I've seen what I'm watching. I mean, we continue to believe and hear the pundits pump up oil, but yet oil is now working its way much lower. And you've got OPEC this week, the crooks from the, the crooks from OPEC, okay, who you know who used to have us by the short ones, okay, but they no longer do. But you know, are they going to uh, increase their supply now into the market because they got the prices up so high? Are they going to decrease? What are they going to do? And and the question is, why does it matter? Okay, I mean, the big oil got their wish. They were able to pump the hell out of prices going into uh, into Memorial Day weekend. So they were able to have the, as I called it, the great train robbery. But now, how come, you know, uh, uh, oil is down 10%. How come my gas isn't down 10%? Just always wonder. You know, cotton is getting hammered, but yet the jeans aren't coming down. You know, this is an age-old game that they're, they're, they play with paper. And, and this is what is making 
the crypto world more enticing to a lot of people because there isn't this kind of play going on. There isn't this kind of drama from, you know, the manipulation of things. You know, when we look at it, okay, and, and you see what's going on, I mean, again, there's a housing bubble happening in Vegas again. And not just Vegas. I mean, we've got, we've got a debt bomb that's just time ticking away. Okay. And this, this bomb is going to be like nuclear because, again, it's going to trap the ones that can least afford to be trapped. And, of course, we know what happens then. The panic sets in. And then, of course, we liquidate out our portfolios. Now, again, I'm, I'm warning you now I would not be doing that. The first thing is I'd be hedged and not being worried about that if you're hedged. And, you know, if anybody wants to see the math on the hedge, I'll be happy to send it to you. I mean, it, it works. Okay, that's, that's the number one thing. Number two thing is that if you're that far invested in the market, then you're probably over-invested. You're probably over-leveraged. Money that you're using to invest with should only be money that you can afford and not have to, you don't need it tomorrow. That's why we talk about liquidity and assets that you have to trade. You know, if you're going to need, if, if it's something that's short-term that you need tomorrow, you should not be in, a, in something that's volatile that you could lose 10% or 15% or 20% of your value overnight because you don't have enough time to hold. You know, the, the, the key to compounding, the key to markets is the ability to be able to stay in good companies over a long period of time. I mean, I saw a good example yesterday uh, on a, a, a growth mutual fund that is either to put 10,000 in in 1976 Okay, 1976, not unreasonable, you know, if you're my age. I didn't, but if you did. In one of the super growth funds, that ETF is worth $2.7 million. Okay. Now, again, obviously, it's easy to look back because if you'd have bought almost $10,000 of anything back in 1976, it'd be worth probably close to that number, okay, and held it. But then that takes into play the human emotion, makes it harder to do that. We bring into play all the other things that go along with it. it makes it harder to do it. And, and, I, and again, that's why it's money that you should put in. But if you're younger right now, if you took 10000 and put it in an index fund, I guarantee it'd be a hell of a lot more. But you got to just forget about it. Forget you own it. You know, you shouldn't be fretting. You know, if you're an investor, you shouldn't be fretting on a day-to-day -day basis with every gyration of the market. I think that is I think that is what creates obviously market meltdowns. I think the I, I think the being able to get quotes like every two minutes for most is is another thing that causes problems because everybody's looking all the time. You know, I want to see my IRA. What is it? I can tell you honestly, I have not opened up an IRA statement and I can't tell you how long. How's that? Because I ain't selling it anyways. So what do I have to be aggregated for? Uh, you know, when it's bad, it'll, it'll come back. You know, again, I do hedge it, but again, even so, I think you have to be aware in what to possibly do. And I think that this is, this is the time, you know, if you go back to my favorite movie, It's a Wonderful Life, this is the time you should be looking to be a buyer. And I'm not telling you to buy now, but this is the time to be a buyer of potentially gold or gold-related stocks. This is a time the potential of things that have been depressed, good companies that have been may have been depressed in these areas. Okay. 
but you want to look, you should be a, a seller into exuberance and a buyer into depression. That is where good investors and good traders do their best work is un- at, unfortunately at the misfortune of others. Because we all know that human emotion is never right. So when it becomes emotional, what happens? That's a saying. Look, at, we, can, we can bring this down to as simple of a comparison as a poker game. The most emotional poker players, and if you remember the name Mike Matisau, okay, which was a guy who was a great player, but could never control his emotions. Okay, He made lots of money, but he always went broke because he could never keep himself in tow. And that's the difference between being good and, and being lucky is if you can control your emotions and control the way you feel and not let it get to you, then it allows you to have the freedom to step in and be a buyer when the time is right versus chasing along with the rest of the herd. This is The Bubba Show, and I am Todd Bubba Horowitz. And, of course, I want to remind you to get my daily update, which is available to you for free every single day. After the close, I do a quick update, three- to five-minute video. If you'd like to get your copy, just go to BubbaTrading.com, fill out the little form, and I will email it to you every day after the close. And, of course, don't forget to download the show each and every day at LibertyTalk.ffm. .fm, LibertyTalk.fm, The Bubba Show, The Sporting Edge on the Weekends, and Crypto Investor X. In the meantime, everybody, have a great day. It's been a great Tuesday. We'll see you back here tomorrow, Wednesday. The Bubba Show, top of boards. Thanks, everybody. Have a great day. Revolutionary talk for revolutionary times. Liberty Talk FM.